0: Hi, this is John Patrick Barry. I play James Banks III on Browncoats Redemption. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi
1: Saturday Night.
0: Exterminate. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Sci-fi Saturday Night. Welcome back, fellow employees of the Umbrella Corporation to the September 4th, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, reading moldy copies of Project Blue Book's report, but the writing remains of the Majestic 12 membership. I am the Dome. Joining tonight's talk cast from the Alton Brighton Hellmouth is fighting the good fight for truth, justice, and a sloppy kiss with Will Wheaton, Kriana!
2: You can't say things like that before that show It gets me all
0: squeaky so. <laughs> <laughs> From the four color vault of comics In Manchester, New Hampshire Tonight the penultimate penciler The crackerjack colorist The savvy scribbler The man, the myth, the legend in his own mind illustrator X.
3: Holy zombie cleavage
0: And the undead priestess Whose forthcoming book Hey, that's my food, a guide to zombie cuisine The dead redhead
1: Good
0: evening, everyone. Tonight's guest, Mike Morrissey, one of the editors of the Sleepless Venus Comics Anthology. Michael, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Welcome to the show.
4: Thanks, thanks. Happy to be here.
0: Well, we'd like to start this show with a thank you to the Starbucks coffee guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out
2: Starbucks guy. I know you must be listening. I don't know if you have a crush on me or what, but I, I walked what? into the local Alston Brighton Hellmouth, actually the Brighton Hellmouth um, Starbucks in Oak Square, just in case you're wondering. This morning, and and I was wearing my Will Wheaton designed um, shirt dot Woot shirt, which, in case you're wondering, it- is an atom with a D twenty as a nucleus and the- and the rest of the different dice orbiting as electrons. um,
0: Wow, that is like total geek. You realize that. That's kind
2: of the point. You know, I rolled out of bed, picked my geekiest shirt, went down to Starbucks for some breakfast. And I ordered my pumpkin scone and chai. And he looks at me and goes, hey, that's a really cool shirt. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks. All good. And then he goes, hey, wait, aren't you that podcast girl? And I was like, why, yes. Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> I was like, so
2: what are you guys doing lately? And I, and I mentioned s- some appearances. So, Illustrator X, we've got a bunch of appearances coming up.
3: We do indeed, and I'll be getting to that at the end of the show. But you know what? I do want to point out at the beginning of the show here, this is our 50th podcast.
0: Holy zombie Jesus.
1: Woo! <laughs> wow.
3: And next week's show will be our one-year anniversary as a podcast. Sweetie, I mean, sweetie,
2: fifty-two weeks
3: in a year. Uh, well, we only got fifty-one podcasts though, because uh, you know everyone was <laughs> sick that one week, and I don't know something about it.
2: Christmas? Which we, we, oh, uh, no, we did one on Christmas.
3: Yes, we absolutely
0: did one on Christmas. I well, was all I know is that was our anniversary.
3: Uh this one adds up to Talkcast number fifty, my friends.
0: Yes, I know, but there were a couple we threw in there just because we did them. Well, it was yeah. the one we did on a Thursday. Remember that one? Oh,
2: yeah, and that Chris Golden one that we did. Oh, that that's right. Remember, what's her name that was
0: really, really awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Tamara?
3: No, Tamara. 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 The one who does the stuff for um, Alan Moore's covers there. Tamera? Yes,
0: yes, yes. So this really, really, it's, it's, I think it's October. I, we're going to have to go to our it's, archivist. No, 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 it's summer. Labor Day weekend. <laughs> it's not October.
2: You know what?
3: You're obviously confused and aroused.
1: Woo! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but you got the order wrong. <laughs>
1: oh.
3: <laughs> but, uh, in any case, it's certainly an anniversary episode, and thank you to all of our longtime listeners who've been, you know, chiming in from the beginning, we really appreciate you guys listening in and, and uh, talking to us at Starbucks and, you know, chasing us to like to the us,
0: yeah. Talk to us at conventions and, and shooting us emails and writing us little notes and notettes. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. The, uh, the response that we get when we're out in public or, or semi-public. And semi-public. <laughs>
2: semi-nude and semi-public?
0: What? <laughs> well, that, well, that was you, but it's a whole other story.
3: The oatmeal covered everything. In any case, uh, there's other things going on this weekend as well. Uh, there drag are. Dragon happening.
0: And right now at Dragon Con is the, uh, they're into the first hour of Brown Coats Redemption's premiere.
2: Okay. Woo! Brown Coats Redemption! Yay! Yo. Woo!
0: We Shake those pom-poms. Yeah, we want to we thank these guys and congratulate them on what was an incredible, incredible journey. That I'm sure right now they are sitting back and just. I, I can see the grin on Mike's face right now. Really?
2: Because I, <laughs> I can see his nervous twitch that's going to be there until it, it finishes.
0: And he gets that round of applause, that standing ovation?
2: Yep, yep. So, Mike, it's going to be okay. I told Elizabeth that I would tell you this at the time you would least expect it, and I'm texting it to you now.
1: <laughs> that's oh, crazy.
3: my God. We can only hope the phone is set to to vibrate or at least (laughs) caress.
0: With Mike, it usually is, yeah.
3: (laughs) But congratulations, Brown Coats, you did it.
0: And on our website uh, next to tonight's podcast will be the link for you to be able to support Brown Coats Redemption and the five charities that are getting all of the money that comes from this project uh, by buying their DVD at shop.browncoatsmovie.com. Go there, buy it, be part of the wave, do it. In other news and other people who are uh, getting their collective acts together and making things happen, our friends at Silver Circle Films' Kickstarter project just got funded. Woo! Hooray! So that means the film that they were going to make about... How money is bad, they got the money to make.
4: <laughs>
0: There's a dichotomy there, guys. Oh. Run with it. You know, I love it. See. The, their
3: film is based on the philosophy of Ayn Rand, which says that charity is bad. And they just went looking for free handouts and got them.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> to say
3: that handouts are bad. <laughs> I gotta hand it to them.
0: <laughs> well, somebody evidently has. You know,
3: I gotta say, if if you folks, you know, everyone listening is not familiar with Kickstarter, by all means, check out that website.
0: But congratulations to Jackie Musto and and Albinson Alvinson of uh, Silver Circle Films for. Uh,
2: and all those other people. And
0: all the other people, but those were the people who were on the show. I uh, thought we
2: had. I thought we had another one. Was it just those
1: two? I,
0: thought I we think had it was three. just. I think it was just those two wonderful, beautiful young ladies. Uh, congratulations to them uh, for getting this project moving. It looks to be a terrific project. We're looking forward to seeing a lot more from it. Speaking of things we want to see and things that we don't want to see, Warner Brothers is making a Sandman TV series without Neil Gaiman.
1: You, yeah, this is so wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong.
0: Well, wait, this is just about as wrong as doing a Superman television series and never seeing the friggin' Super Nine Seasons! <laughs> wow,
3: okay, we've just had Artie from Warehouse 13 break in. <laughs> don't
4: know you but I think we're being followed. <laughs>
3: So you know
1: what, a Sandman TV series without having Neil Gaiman have anything to do with it? Oh, uh, oh no, it you, should die now.
3: Okay, <laughs> you know what? Two words: car chases.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I kind of like I kind of like Dead Redheads. Two words: die now. <laughs> I just you know this is this is going to be Electra all over again. I in, the, in the
2: words of Claudia: suck suck, 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 suck. <laughs> right. Now we right. don't know that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we, we do. pretty much do. <laughs> if it, yeah, but a, you know what? A, if it disaster. pleasantly surprises us, we'll give them a hell of a lot more credit, but I ain't expecting it. You
0: know, Not, I, uh,
3: you know I, I got to see Neil Gaiman do a reading for the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund uh, years ago in Northampton, Mass., and he talked about being in a pitch session for the Sandman movie that they wanted to do back in the 90s, and he said... Alright, so it starts off with these this group of magicians trying to capture death, and then an Exec <laughs> jumped up and said, Wait, I got a better idea. <laughs> 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 and the idea was, how about it's a group of teenagers and they're doing a seance to find their grandfather to find out where he hid his money? And he looks to Neil Gaiman and goes, Huh? Huh? <laughs> he just wow. say, "Not sold on this."
1: Holy!
4: <laughs> you know, I was actually I, I heard Kevin Smith talk once about this was a few years ago, he's talking about doing a similar thing where he was making a pitch, um, working with the Superman script.
1: Superman, yes, the polar bears.
4: <laughs> well, it wasn't the polar bears; it was the um, you know the way the way he described it was one of the studio execs is like, you know, I have this vision in my head and. Superman's at the Fortune of Solitude, and you know all the villains come, and they, they have a big fight with all Superman's guards, and it's like, well, you know, it's the Fortune of Solitude for one thing; does <laughs> have guards, and he's Superman for another, so he still doesn't have any guards. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's> totally absurd. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it,
3: it it reminds me of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie, and it's like if you read the comic book, read of Ex- League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. By Alan Moore, it is amazingly well written. It is mm-hmm. very dense. You can read that five times and pick out new things each time. And so she they got that they got the movie. I hate that
1: movie. <laughs> I
3: remember seeing it in the theater and seeing written by James Robinson. And I'm like, well, if this is the one, I'm the James Robinson. I'm thinking of. We're going to see trench coats and Tommy guns any minute now. And then
1: I, you did. I was
3: not disappointed in
1: that. <laughs> The dead redhead does not walk out of movies. I almost walked out of that one.
3: Yeah, I wanted to leave after, you know, the Ferris Bueller's Godzilla. And you're like, no, no, it'll get better. Ferris Bueller's Godzilla.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry Uh, you can't get a submarine under Venice. I'm going to stick with this. (laughs) No,
0: you can't.
3: (laughs) Holy zombie cheese. All I can say to Warner Brothers is, you want to make a Sandman TV series...
1: <gasps>
3: oh, good luck!
1: Yeah, there the life: of the Yeah, or the clueless. <laughs>
3: uh, I suppose so. Now, I mean, Neil Gaiman's good when he writes for other things. Like he's going to be writing for Doctor Who this next season. Right? I can't
0: wait. Yeah, <laughs> that ought to be that. Sh- that should be serious, serious awesomeness. Yeah.
3: Now, what? What other Doctor Who news is there this week?
2: There's uh, oh my
1: god. Go for it. What a segue.
2: <laughs> oh my god. There's so much news and it's all awesome. We <laughs> Okay, so I I my favorite one is, is the is the thirteenth doctor really gonna be the last doctor? Because some artwork came out by Ben Templesmith as a visualization of the final doctor. But It is
0: just gorgeous, isn't it? It,
2: it is beautiful yeah. and Ben Templesmith, I I have a man crush on you. I can't yeah. help it. We love you, Ben. Um, -hmm. Okay, in case anyone is ever wondering, I'm super gay, but Ben Tucker Smith, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
3: Well, well, first of all, we know who the 13th Doctor is already. Because those of us who have seen The Curse of Fatal Death, (laughs) (laughs) which had all the other doctors, including Hugh Grant, including Blackadder, there. And including, you know, the person who's the 13th Which I won't give away the spoiler, but she was a pretty good idea. (laughs) God. Oh, my Lord, was that a funny episode.
1: And he still wasn't a ginger.
2: (laughs) Oh. I think the next one has to be a ginger for serious. (laughs) (laughs) Like, give the guy a break.
3: Yeah, and then, like, you know, (sighs) what an earthquake will fall on him or something, I don't know. Well, the other but things... I'm saying,
2: like, wasn't the finalist Doctor supposed to be, like, number eight or something like that?
3: No, the 13th Doctor is the final one.
2: No, like, I thought originally the threshold was lower even, and then they changed it midstream.
3: Uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you You're sure? Wrong.
3: I am sure. Oh, trust him, I, will, I mean, trust I will Kriana. put down rent money on this.
1: Kriana, give it to him. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying this is what I heard. I have no experience, having never watched the classic Doctor Who. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, I, I, but I but the experience good television. <laughs> I I really really doubt that thirteen is going to be the last. It's
0: just well, too we popular. Well, we know that they've broken canon a number of times with it
1: already. Well, we had yeah, the no master kidding. came back. So if we can bring back the master, who's such a villain, of course we can bring back the doctor. Yeah, but they they did so explain. I, I accept
3: that the way they worked it into the new series, I I was like, fine, I I can buy that.
1: All
2: right, then you'll probably buy, however they bring the doctor back.
3: Oh yeah, I'm sure that I will. They'll they'll be like. Uh,
2: I mean, be, don't get me wrong. I loved this season, but if you can that Amy brings things back just by remembering them, you'll buy
1: whatever they tell you. Oh, Of course. You know, I mean... It's the hand that Jack has.
3: I mean, put it this oh, way. Oh, Doctor don't has do his that. If, Are you kidding? Wait. Handjob Doctor
1: well, already came back. you said didn't we? we yeah, we already, already. used
2: that.
0: Yeah, it's already been used. Can't use it twice. All yes. I'm saying is Pardon that... If, Doctor Who. <laughs> if,
3: legions, if legions of fans of Lost can accept a polar bear-powered time machine...
2: Okay, that, Lost is really freaking lame. Okay? <laughs> I'm probably making dozens of enemies as I say this, but Lost should never be used as an example for anything because it is possibly one of the lamest shows that has ever existed.
3: Don't Ooh! don't take that laying down, folks. Email us today at scifysaturdaynight.com. Oh, <laughs>
1: Lord.
0: In other Doctor Who news, uh, the word is out That uh, they're going to split it. What do you mean? It's seven seven and six. And there's going to be a three month hiatus between the first seven episodes and the last six. All right. Um, They're being very, very vague about why it is they're doing it. But there's supposedly a big turn, a big. Cliffhanger at the end of the the, the first seven that gets a resolution, if there's ever a resolution with Doctor Who in the last six. That's what they're saying anyway.
3: Well, could be very good.
0: Maybe.
3: Maybe. Maybe not. Um
1: just don't uh, still David Tennant, i trust it. I mean, but we'll save Matt Smith.
3: No, no, no. You can't blame the actor for the, what the writers and producers want to do. The yeah, actor's just going to act. Yeah, I think, you act. know,
2: every flaw with this season has been a writing flaw. Like, I don't think that Matt Smith, I think he did the best job that he could possibly have done with the writing that he was given.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes
2: there were holes in the plot that you could drive a tractor through.
0: So they much. did drive tractors through it. Are you At kidding me?
1: Once or twice. Yeah, they did. Hey, who the, who's the two writers that, that X that you hate so much? Pip and Jay Baker.
3: Pip and Jane Baker? Oh, no, yes. no, 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 no. They wouldn't bring them back. <laughs> no. No.
1: Okay. Are okay. they the ones nice. who destroyed Colin okay. Baker? Okay, Stephen Moffat,
3: I know you're listening to our show. You're a devoted fan. Of course you are. Don't bring Jim, Pip and Jane Baker back. <laughs> they were not good at They were not good writers. They used word, terms like earthlings in their scripts. You don't use the term earthling in a modern sci-fi
0: script. Well, you do. You just don't really do it and get away with it.
1: Well, you mean like you know. younglings?
0: Younglings, yeah. <laughs>
1: you
0: know, the, the biggest problem with the writing this year has been that they have literally been sticking their tongue out at... at at the fans going, yeah, watch us do this. And it, it's just That's gotten really to the nice. point. The writing the writing has gotten almost sarcastic at times where they're going, yeah, you think we can't do this? Watch us. Well, I,
3: I mean, I disagree because I think there's still been some very good things this past season. I mean, again, the Van Gogh episode is one of the best ones I've seen since the reboot. Yes, I love Go that Go one. Awesome. That was
2: fabulous. Okay,
3: I'll give you one. Yep. I mean, otherwise, Jimmy Olsen as the doctor has been okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm still not done with that first episode where I just wanted to punch him in the face for the first half hour. (laughs) No, he was so
2: cute. (laughs) Oh, he wasn't
0: cute. He was annoying as hell.
2: No, he was cute. It was getting to know you new doctor time. All right. He likes fish sticks and custard. That's adorable.
3: Well, yeah. in related to Doctor Who news, <laughs> Torchwood.
2: Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jane, yeah, Jane Espenson. Jane Espenson, who is a uh, terrific writer, mm. has a background in both, uh, you know, hard sci-fi, doing some of the gloomier uh, Battlestar Galactica stuff.
3: Yep. And that's hard to make it gloomier.
0: <laughs> No, no, she she really did some of the dark stuff. Some of the really dark stuff was hers. And Starbucks
3: not drinking enough.
0: <laughs> and she she was also one of the writers on on Angel and, and Dollhouse and Buffy. And if you look at some of the darkest Angel and Darkest Buffy episodes, those are hers as well. Uh, oh, she- she isn't
3: writing for Walking Dead for AMC, is she?
0: No, unfortunately, uh. because that would have been terrific. Yeah. <laughs> but Jane is Jane is uh, talking about why Torchwood will be ever so much better this season. And I've got to tell you, as much as everybody thought Children of Earth was wonderful, uh, I wasn't in that camp.
3: It was dark. I, I, it was good, but at the same time, I mean... You know, a friend of mine asked me to describe the, the comic series Walking Dead, and I said it's an antidote for joy. And I really want to apply that to uh, the Children of Earth, because that, you know.
2: Stop pulling off the whole damn cast. Thanks. Love career. <laughs> it's just getting tiresome.
0: It's getting annoying trying to figure out who you can invest your time with. I'll give you that watch. Yes. Uh, because you know Tosh was one of my favorite characters they killed her then Owen they killed him uh, I was never a fan of uh, what 's his name
1: boy toy I love Doncho. leave him alone
3: well nope, okay. you're entitled to somebody had to. Yeah, and you guys are still pining for Tasha Yar. But the whole thing is no, why no, is hey! I hey, hey, you
0: know he 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 celebrate you. his birthday Dude, every summer You're stuff
3: gonna tart. diss
0: Tasha Yar? No. <laughs> no. no,
3: no, No. So why will this be so much better this
0: season? Um I'm thinking because she's got she's writing. We get so touched up. That's why she said so wait, it. basically, she's saying that it's going to be a better season because she's writing it? No, that's not what she's saying. What she's saying um, is this, they're writing all ten episodes before they do any shooting, so the continuity between episodes is going to flow like it never has in Torchwood before, which is going to be good because it really didn't flow all that well before. Uh, the other thing that she's going to do is uh, they've got a bunch of writers who like the show. Well, that's
3: good. Well,
0: that's not, always, that's not always the case, and you know
3: that. Well, what are they gonna do, bring in Chuck Barris from the Gong Show? I hate this show.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: look at how many writers wrote, uh, um, oh God, what was the name of that horrible movie? Electra. Oh. Okay, that is a prime example of bringing in writers who don't like the source material to do it.
2: Yeah, that's just a stupid idea.
0: Yeah, but, they, but it happens all the damn time. And that's it. Yeah, that's, oh. that's a big problem. Well, to make a quick segue... Do we have to?
3: Yes, we do. Because otherwise we will descend into madness and chaos. Which is also a good segue for what I'm trying to bring up. At the moment madness... Huh.
1: <laughs>
0: Wow, you know. I knew you were going to find a way to fit that little sucker <laughs> bitch in there, weren't you? <laughs> well,
1: hurry up. Wow. Talk about, all right. Yes,
0: what? I know,
3: I know. But basically, Del Toro is moving forward on his adaptation of At the Mountains of Madness because James Cameron is pumping some money into this because both James Cameron and Guillermo del Toro are big fans of H.P. Lovecraft. And by God, they're going to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: not- hope so. You know, you, I've heard that way too many times. I've yet to see it. But... Oh, yes, you have. At the Call of Cthulhu. We had yes. them on last year, back
3: in October last that was year.
1: Nice for, that was excellent. You
3: guys are right. no, nice right. HPPodcraft.com. My hat's off to you. That was the best HP Lovecraft adaptation I've ever seen. Okay. Whisperer in Darkness will be released any day now. And now for a major budget film that's going to be loyal to Lovecraft Oh, I can't wait.
1: And here's something you'll really like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if, if Jim's camera has something to do with it, I hope they don't go all 3D on it.
3: And, uh. At least let's not, yeah. Considering that story had, had 20 foot tall mutant penguins, God, let's hope not. Uh, that's
0: okay because we've got a thing for mutant penguins. I have no problem and, with that part at all. And speaking of mutant penguins, machete. Yay,
1: machete! <laughs>
0: Nothing to do
3: with sci-fi, but.
1: No, we went to go see Machete today, which was a spin-off of anybody who saw Grindhouse. Which, if you didn't, you should have, or at least saw uh, Planet Terror. Ra- Planet Terror from Robert Rodriguez. The first part. No offense to Mr. Tarantino, but it tore a hole through Mr. Tarantino's part. Um, it was so amazingly good, and it was so amazingly fun. And during the ads that they showed in between the movies was this one called Machete. And it got all kinds of applause, and people were screaming and yelling, and, wow, is this going to be a movie, da-da-da-da-da. Well, Rodriguez turned it into a real movie. And the name is Machete, and it's what you think it's going to be. And there's lots of blood, and there's lots of violence, and lots of gore, but it's hilarious. It's got... All these names, playlist names in it, and it's just ridiculous fun.
3: Danny Trejo is the star. Robert De Niro supports him. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: the martial arts guy, whose name I always forget.
3: The martial arts guy. Yeah. Bruce Lee, in a rare
1: appearance uh, (laughs) since the 1970s.
3: We don't see him very often these days.
1: The one that always talks like this.
3: Oh, Steven
0: Seagal. Steven
1: Seagal is in it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bruce <laughs> Lee. I liked it when it was Bruce Lee. Come on. <laughs> I liked it better when it was Bruce Lee.
1: Lindsay Lohan is in it for like five minutes, and she's hilarious, actually. Um, and topless. Yeah, and topless. All right. And they don't show her ankle, so I'm guessing that was post uh, getting the ankle bracelet. Um, who else was in it? Michelle Rodriguez was in it. So uh, I can take a pass on her. And, Jeff, and Fahey Jeff Fahey was from in Lost. It. it was just, it was amazing. It was so much fun, and we were laughing and cheering and clapping, and the, the rest of the audience was getting into it, too. If you like old-style <laughs> old old style 70s, bad exploitation-type movies, and you get it. You saw Devil's Rejects, I, and you got it. You got to see Machete.
3: I didn't think I was going to see a better movie than Kick-Ass as far as just enjoying myself so thoroughly with bloodshed and carnage. And then I saw this. Wow.
1: Yep. More people die in like the first two minutes. (laughs) And
3: and FYI, if you are a listener in the New England area, uh, the star of Machete, Danny Trejo, will be at the Rock and Shock Festival next month in Worcester, Mass. So go to rockandshock.com. And check out the guest list. It'll have him, George Romero will be there, Adrian Barbeau. Woo!
0: Oh, man, you're kidding me. Adrian Barbeau?
3: I know. It's yes.
0: for Barbos? That's I know.
3: awesome. Yes. And, and for the record, once you're under the dome, you're never over the dome.
1: <laughs> Ouch. <laughs>
3: Yes, that was Ms. uh <laughs> Barbell's reaction. And, of course,
1: um, Alice Cooper will be playing with Alice Rob Cooper Zombie. and
3: Rob Zombie will be playing at that show, so too. So leave
1: us to say that X and I will be there.
3: <laughs> While the rest of the cast will be at Wizard World Boston.
1: Yes, we Thanks. will. At the Buffy reunion.
0: stupid weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Buffy reunion. Yay, my favorite. Yay,
0: Woo-hoo. Buffy
1: reunion. Yeah, that, that
0: should also be fairly cool. And you know what else is cool?
1: Brianna, you have to get me something signed by James Marsters so I don't cry.
3: A bustier, perhaps.
1: <laughs> I, I hear you have a gold one. You should send it over. I'll see I what I can do. do that. I may do that. Mm.
3: <laughs> you know what? It's it's about that time that uh, we share a little time love. with our to run the
0: Wheel of Fish.
1: Go, tilapia.
2: <laughs> tilapia? <laughs> it's not the Wheel of Fish. It's the random number generator.
0: I like it better when it was the wheel of fish.
2: Well, it was never the wheel of fish. You're senile.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Spin the wheel of fish. There is no... (sighs) (laughs) No fishies. Come on, you can do it.
2: Don't. Tell them what they've won.
0: Well, first of all, who's won and what have they won? Well, oh, no who's who won. won is our listener, Fool of History, for his response to the Lovecraft and Sons podcast last week. Way to go! Uh, I especially loved his comment: "If HP had gotten late before finding his groove in writing style, I don't think it would have been dark and dreary enough to keep writing horror." <laughs> 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 and he may have a point. And for him, we are sending out the weird documentary, Lovecraft, Fear of the Unknown, the DVD, and uh, a couple of sci-fi Saturday night buttons, a couple of collectible cards, and the ever-popular Silver Boost EA. no, so, no so A. No.
2: So here's how you claim your prize, full of mystery. Go to our website, click the email us link on the right, and just send us your name and address, and we will get those prizes out to you. Absolutely. Obviously, if we don't have your address,
3: you're screwed. So. And, you know, we give a prize out every week here. On we Twitter do? What so, so, so are we, insane? Already, go we register are. at
2: SciFiSaturdayNight.com.
3: And, yeah, just comment on this week's show. Once the uh, podcast is up, it, just write in your comments. If you love our guest, if you uh, disagree with Kriana's comments about Lost.
2: <laughs> there won't be anyone
3: saying that yeah no kidding huh if you think <laughs> you couldn't possibly get over the dome just let us know they know i bite. wow 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 but if you if happen, you happen to work I at starbucks and you want a prize, <laughs> but what would our prize but what would our prize be this week
2: part you starbucks
0: go <laughs> yeah 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 what would I don't, our, don't know. What, what is, is our prize this your week? Dear
2: Dome, what is our prize this week?
0: I don't know what our prize You're, is this let's week. Let's ask our guest. Teacher. Well, let's introduce our guest, first of all.
2: We did already.
0: I know, but let's introduce him again, because, in fact, <laughs> we can. Our guest is Mike Morrissey. Morrissey? Am I pronouncing that right, Michael?
4: i close. Morrissey.
0: Morrissey. Uh, yep. Well, I'm really bad with names, Steve, so it's not a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The Sleepless Phoenix Comics Anthology is an anthology that is, has a little bit of a mystery around it because in, in the grand tradition of the Sleepless Phoenix, it has, in fact, risen from the dead. And here to talk about how it happened, what's going on with it, and how it's resurrected itself, Michael, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, thanks a lot. Okay,
2: but first, what are we giving away, Dom?
0: I don't know, Michael, what are we giving away? <laughs>
4: uh we are giving away uh the Read with Pictures anthology, a different anthology, but uh equally as good. Um, and it is a collection of uh collection of comic uh, writers and artists it has a cover from Jill Thompson. Um oh. yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty great book. It's got Josh Elder, Jeffrey Brown, uh, um, uh gosh. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of different collaborators, a full-color, 192-page comics anthology. Nice.
3: Very cool. Very nice. Fabulous. Excellent. So,
0: to the show. yeah, thank you. Go, go. <laughs> me. go ahead. X, you want to start this off? Run with the ball.
2: Start the gauntlet.
3: Sure. Well, Michael, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about um, Sleepless Phoenix Comics Anthology.
4: Sure. Um, well, it's kind of an involved story. Um, what happened is The Sleepest Phoenix is basically uh, a collection of artists and writers who were formally going to be in an anthology called Sur- Survival, uh, Layer Zero Survival, which is Insomnia Publications, uh, their annual anthology, uh, Insomnia Publications, the UK Press. And what happened was that insomnia went under. Um, they had difficulties, let's say. And um, what happened was that we were all of us creators who were with insomnia were, were were struggling with the publisher to get our rights back to our work. Um, but the, the way they structure it is that we own the rights to our work when we sign with them, but they still maintain publishing rights. And it was a bit of a you know dicey situation in that they were. Still technically a publisher, but not really a publisher. So they're still, still maintained our rights, but we're not going to publish anything. Uh, so we enlisted hmm. the Comic Book Alliance, who um, is a you know uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a legal group that um, gets involved in these kind of matters and fights for creator creator rights uh, with publishers or whatever the case may be. And they really helped us. They've really helped us out. And sorry, I'm getting getting off track. So what happened was that we, you know, the people from Insomnia banded together um, after, you know, the Insomnia fallout, and we had this book done, which was the Layer Zero anthology, and we wanted to still get it out. So we, you know, I had done a Kickstarter drive before, and I kind of just, you know, took the helm along with Lauren Ann Sharp, who was editing it, and we just decided to, to get it out ourselves because we really believed in the work and wanted to see it get released. Excellent.
0: So and when, when you put the Kickstarter thing together, We've seen a lot of projects do really well on the Kickstarter program. We've seen some not do so well. Your project is just got funded two days ago. Is that correct? Yep.
4: Congratulations. Uh-huh. Hey. Yeah, we yeah, thank you. Yeah, we made it over the hump, which is uh, which is great.
0: How do you do that?
4: Um, <laughs> you know, yes. I, think what, I think one of the benefits that we had was that um, there's a lot of creators involved with the book, and everyone was very active in, you know, spraying the word on Twitter, spreading the word on Facebook. Um, I have a background in uh, media, so I was able to get in contact with, uh, you know, press, you know, <clears throat> press uh, publications, stuff like that, in order to, you know, get get press release out, get previews out, and things like that. So I mean. Having that collective uh, force behind publicizing publicizing the book and getting getting people just to recognize it and know it was there was obviously a, you know very very big help for us. You know, I think that's I think that's the main hurdle. Just you know, getting your voice heard above the cacophony of anybody else who's trying to get your attention. Um, okay. And additionally, I mean, it's a it's it's a strong book. And I think people recognize that. You know, I think they recognize the story behind it and you know, the way that, you know, the creators banded together and, um, I, th- I think people, I think that resonates with people and, uh, you know, it's kind of an underdog story in a sense. It's, but, it's you know, a really
0: good story. It really is. I mean, regardless of how, regardless of what the final project looks like, the fact that the, the hell you guys went through to get this done is a great story in and of itself.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's unfortunate that we had to, you know, endure what we endured, but, um, I think it just you know I think the great thing out of this is that it's a testament to, to comic fans. You know I think that oftentimes you know, mainstream publishing, which makes up you know the bulk of you know comic publishing, would it be mainstream otherwise. You know often tells often tells public what they should read, what they shouldn't read, and you know and an anthology from a bunch of creators who mainly haven't had much work published is something that no one would ever, you know, kind of dream would end up being successful. And we've already sold, you know, with contributor copies and things like that, we've sold almost 200 copies, which, you know, doesn't seem monumental in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, to get 200 people behind, behind our book, I think it's pretty amazing. It's been yes. pretty gratifying.
3: Well let's talk about the book itself. I mean I've I've got I've bought some anthologies before and just you know a lot of times even like the, the big companies DC and Marvel will put out an anthology book and it's just a grab bag. Is there a particular theme to Sleepless Phoenix with the stories?
4: Ironically, yeah, it's survival. <laughs> um, <and that's> <laughs> that is appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they had their, Insomnia, fun, you know, it's funny, they had their next two um, uh, anthologies um, slated, and it was Survival and Exile. So they really kind of, it was really kind of prescient in an ironic way. Um, but no, so the theme is survival, um, it's, it's mainly horror, uh, a little bit of sci-fi. Uh, my own contribution is, is more uh, sci-fi, um, but that's, that's what we had to work with when it was still under the Infinity umbrella, was working with the theme of survival.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, um, you, you said there's a lot of unknowns here. Do we have? I mean, uh, do we have any name uh, creators here? I mean, I saw that Mike Carey, who who wrote uh, Lucifer for uh, DC and Vertigo, has praised your book. Um, uh, who else? Anyone that I might recognize as a creator?
4: Um. I'm not sure. I mean, I think, you know, some of the people involved were all people who were getting press generated from the projects they were doing with Insomnia that still haven't gotten released. Um, one creator involved is Martin Conahan who, um, released Burke and Hare, which was, uh, you know, in the UK was really, really successful. It's a great book. Um, I think he's the main name I guess you'd see associated with the book, but I think, um, you know, that's the great thing about it is that it's, um, you know, talented, talented creators who are all, you know, very, very, I guess you can say very driven and very hungry to, to get recognition. And I think, you know, if we, if we weren't, if we weren't really, you know, driven to boot in our work and driven to get it seen, you know, the project would have never worked. You know, we would have never been able to, you know, get our act together enough to, you know, get the promotions, get the book together, you know, just the nuts and bolts of actually, you know, laying out the book and, you know, getting the Kickstarter drive started. So I think it's a, you know, Although you know everyone's, you know, admittedly fairly unproven, I think um, it's I think it's a still a great collection of, of of talented creators who really put a lot you know really put a lot into their work and really put a lot into getting it to where it is now.
3: Okay, I'm not just just for the record, I'm not saying that you know if just because not having heard of the creators equal. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing at all. I mean, oh, uh,
4: sure, for sure. You know,
3: Dead Redhead and I used to go down to the small press expo in Bethesda, Maryland, you know, every year, like clockwork, because we wanted to check out the new stuff. That's right. You know, we went out of our way to to see uh, the new creators, and a lot of times we were just amazed at the variety that was out there, and... uh, All all... the
1: money we would spend.
3: (laughs) All the money we would spend, and that's why we still have a tiny kitchen, (laughs) But we have a great comic book collection to make up for it. Uh, No, I mean, I'm very excited to read this myself because I'm always on the search for new talent. And, uh, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, are there any stories that to you stand out to keep an eye out for? It's like, wow, this person, this this story, you, you won't believe it when you read it.
4: Yeah, I would say so. I think uh, uh Peter Forbes has a story that's really strong. Um there's an artist, uh and I hope I don't butcher her name, uh Vale Capia, uh who I believe is in uh, maybe maybe Germany or Belgium or some somewhere, somewhere in Europe, uh, whose art's just really, really good. There's um oh, I forget I forget his name, um, but it's on the preview and I mentioned that he's eighteen years old and I and I didn't know this beforehand. You know, I saw his preview uh. The silent uh, three-page strip, and it's just, it's just terrific. And he's like, "Oh, I asked for his bio." He's like, "Well, you know, I'm just 18. I've not really done anything." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so jealous oh. of this one." He told me he's over I'm the hill. So <laughs> <jealous.
1: laughs> <laughs>
4: um, but um, there's some great work. Uh, you know, Lauren Ann Sharp has a has a really good pin-up in it. That the artwork I think is beautiful. Uh, Alex Wilmore, uh, his story has a very cool 2008 vibe to it that I really really like. You know, reminds me of the old. You know, future shocks from the from the '80s. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, he's really tapped into that pretty well. Um, so yeah, there's there there are, there are some standouts. I mean, I think you know overall, you know, it's it's a you know Stephen Stone story is very good. Um, so, Yeah, I, mean, I think there's I think some there, there's some very cool stories in it. You know, um, so yeah, there, there there's a lot to to watch out for.
3: Now, you said you had contributed to this story. Tell us about your story.
4: Uh, yeah, mine is called uh, Private Cops. And uh, it's also, you know, in 2000 AD inspired. It's about, um, it's basically about a guy who takes a job in a city where the police force is being privatized and the dangers involved with that. And it's kind of a, you know, tapping into my own, I, I live in Chicago and basically everything right now is being privatized. We're, you know, kind of having uh, some, some issues with that. And it's kind of taps into my own anxieties over, you know, privatization of, of public goods, you know, especially seeing, you know overseas seeing, you know, Iraq and Blackwater and those kind of pri- private military forces. It just right. doesn't seem it's, that's too uh, far away that that, that that comes home. And uh, that's, yeah. you know, very, very troubling. So, yeah, I just kind of, uh, you know, I wrote a story based on that. Wow, excellent. And it's uh, got art from Bonnie uh, Bohr who I've worked with before. He's, you know, very good guy, very great artist. Uh, letters from Jim Campbell, who's, basically lettering most of the free world right now. I, I, I don't know how many projects he's <laughs> going on, but <laughs> he, he, he's lettering a lot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it uh, collected in the biology. I think it's, it's going to be cool.
2: Awesome.
3: Now, are you taking this on the road to any of the, the conventions?
4: Uh, like, like for sure, like we will.
3: Like I'm eight sorry, or what?
4: small press expo? Um, I plan on it. Uh, it's, it's actually it's debuting... Um, at the uh, Birmingham UK uh, Comic-Con, which is October uh, 15th, I forget. It's like middle of the month, one, one weekend there. So that's where it's going to debut. And then there's a Thought Bubble in the UK. A lot of the creators are, are UK artists because Insomnia was a was a UK publication. Uh, I'm, kind right. of, I'm kind of an anomaly in the sense that I'm you know from the US. There's a few other, but mainly it's UK. Uh, but then you got Thought Bubble in November, and that's a small press convention. And then, yeah, once... You know, once con season um, starts up again in, in earnest, you know, when around you know March and April, I'm uh, we'll be taking it around and uh, you know, trying trying to um, you know get more interest in it. And hopefully, we'll we, you know, Lauren and I, you know, the editor, have already talked about getting a volume two together. So, you know, we since we've had this initial success, and if we can you know build on it, uh, I think I think that's definitely a possibility. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, well, well, I think we need to, you know, this whole anthology, like putting it together, happened really, really, really fast. Um, so, you know, next time I think we're going to, you know, take a little more time to plan it and things like that. And, uh, you know, we, we've already talked about, you know, if we do it, uh, we'll, we're going to be tying it into another, you know, comic, charitable organization, maybe the Legal Defense Fund or, you know, something along those lines. But basically we're going to keep it if we continue this series, which there's no indication to say we, why we wouldn't, um, we're going to keep it all. You know, all our profits will continue to go to whatever charitable organization you know we decide upon.
1: That's
4: wow. very cool.
3: That's excellent. Very cool. You know, I got to say, um, a surprisingly, uh, and it's wonderful that a surprisingly large number of our guests uh, are involved in in doing their works for charitable projects. Again, we talked about the brown coats earlier. They're doing. Uh, their their DVD for charity. Uh, we were involved in a charity project for Gene Robinson earlier this year, and uh, I mean, what cha- what what charities besides iconic like, comic book Legal Defense Fund do you think you might have? Have you been affiliated with other charities before?
4: Um, well, affiliated with the <laughs> I mentioned <I was laughs> sure before the remus Pictures were a nonprofit, um, but no. I mean, this is kind of I mean, except for like you know. Private donations, things like that. You know, I've never really done anything t- to this scale. No, it's um, it's pretty it's pretty great. Um, I don't know. I think we I think we, we maybe you know try to get creative in terms of like who who we reach out to. You know, maybe maybe something to do with literacy or um, something that ties into the theme of whatever the anthology is. Um, maybe have maybe something that has nothing to do with comics. You know, and just try to try to branch out a little bit, um, and, and and you know find whatever the greatest good would be and hopefully i you know i think i don't think finding creators who would work under the who would work under their circumstances would would be would be difficult um so yeah i mean i think it is uh, i think it's you know exciting to do and, and yeah a lot of people do it and i think it's just it's a great way to go because uh, you know, solve the problem of money. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
3: I, I got to say, you know, when we did our charity project earlier this year, um, we were amazed at not only how many uh, comic book creators were willing to donate uh, time and uh, art on the spot, but to really go overboard with their time and effort there. I mean, again, <laughs> Ben well, Smith. Yeah, there you go. There's,
0: there's the penultimate <laughs> right the I mean, we're, we're in the middle of Boston Comic-Con, <laughs> and then Templesmith, you know, sees us hauling around these pages. And we basically walked up to him and said, please, sir, more gruel. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Have you got five minutes? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, leave it. And we came back 20 minutes later. It was a line of like 15 people. And he was telling them, wait, I'm not done. And he was still working on our piece for like, what 35 40 minutes. Well,
2: okay well the first time we came back he was inking it. The second time we came back he was markering it. The third time we came back he was watercoloring it. Hmm. And this That's was insane. just
3: amazing just, just a sketch. we asked him for a sketch. the, the <laughs> ninth time he had brought in the Bishop of Leicestershire. he <laughs> <laughs> was being blessed.
0: It was amazing. He sat yeah. and he blessed the piece, and it was.
3: Uh, Dominus Oedipus Mianus, you face. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man, we're going to get into so much trouble tonight. We haven't even defended a group yet. Yes, but, uh, no,
3: no. I mean, I got to say, it, it is really a great thing, though, to, to work with charity. Now, we, we are affiliated with Boston Comic Con and with. Uh, uh, the art dealer, ComicArtHouse.com. Uh, would you would you, or any of your artists be making appearances at Boston Comic Con, you know, next year?
4: Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, it's definitely a possibility for me. I mean, I, I'm very much planning on making the rounds to support, you know, the anthology and other things I have right. going on. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely, definitely possible. I'd love to.
3: Because Creana's has a, has a couch. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: wow. Thanks, <laughs> Kriana also also has a pair of unruly cats, as I recall, doesn't she, Axe? They're,
2: they're my furry co-hosts right now,
0: actually. Yes. <laughs> yes, she does have a care-
3: pair of cats. And she has an automated cat litter box cleaner that goes off like a freaking device from Dune every 20 minutes.
2: <laughs> well, we could or have trying to sleep for the if next if somebody time. had mentioned that fact.
3: I was just silently weeping. I was like, why? Why?" No sympathy
2: for me. No sympathy.
3: Of course not. You'd need a heart for that.
1: Oh! oh. (laughs) But in any case. In any case.
3: So what's the next anthology you'll be working on? (laughs) (laughs)
0: While he tries to dig himself out of the hole, he just put himself (laughs) in. Um, I don't really have
4: any anthology plans right now. Um, Um... I've got some you know, other work, other things that I'm doing um, in terms of comics. You know, um, Now that my you know, insomnia is done, uh, I have my book that was with insomnia. It was called Quarantined, and um, that's in, in the process of landing a publisher, landing a new home, um, but unfortunately I can't mention who. I have to be kind of cryptic, unfortunately, because of certain reasons. I'm not sure why, but um, I was asked not to say specifically, and I'm going to honor that. Um, but, but yes, I'll be, I'll be working on finishing up and getting getting things gearing up for that release because that was supposed to come out. I don't know, it was supposed to come out basically now. So now it's a little bit of a delay and you know getting things going again. And so that's that. I'm I'm pretty excited to get back into that. But uh, but Mike, at
0: the point when you can talk about it, uh, can you we'll come like back?
4: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I hope. I hope it. I hope it soon. Um, because we have, I mean, the, the, the publisher has some specific plans in mind, so it's, it's pretty exciting. So hopefully, everything we will be able to make some official announcements very soon. But yeah, I'd love to come back and
3: talk about it. Awesome. awesome. Now, Michael, just for the record, our audience is very discreet.
2: Ah. <laughs> right.
0: I, I'm not speaking of the guy who wears the banana suit. <laughs> to conventions, am I? Oh, my. Uh, How but discreet ad- is that guy?
3: You must admit, he does have appeal. <laughs> oh!
1: Oh!
0: <laughs> Excuse me. That hurts. Hit, hit. hit him. <laughs> Thank you. what? It's time.
1: (laughs) I'm calling it.
3: It's time. It is not. You turn that off. (laughs) Michael. (laughs) Feel free to plug any existing books you already have. Anything else you'd like to talk about?
4: Uh, No, I mean, you know, right now, like I said, Quarantine will be out soon. Um, An artist partner of mine, uh, Keith Burns, who is uh, a totally talented guy. Him and I are working on getting a new book together and I think that'll be exciting Um, but right now just just anthologies and um, I think that's it.
3: What's the specific release date for Sleeping Phoenix?
4: Um, It will be at uh, Birmingham so whatever date that is Um, I think it's October 14th that that weekend is when it will be out We're, we're getting as soon as Kickstarter is over we're going straight to the printers it's going straight to Lauren, and she's bringing it to Birmingham, and then she's going to be mailing stuff out right after the con. So people should be getting their copies at the end, the end of October beginning of November.
3: And what the
0: Kickstarter is there a project will be funded on September seventeenth?
3: What uh, do you have a website where uh, where listeners can?
2: Oh, it'll uh, be on the page. Don't don't you don't need to say the website. They're not going to like try to type it in. It'll be in the link. We've lake. got Nowhere. the
0: website up already. That's just too hard. That's that too
3: hard, man. All uh, right. Hey, can you turn down Parliament of Funk here so I can do the coming up calendar?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of comics, folks, next week's guest will be the founder and CEO of Wizard Entertainment, Garib Sheamus. Ah! Oh no! No more squeeing, please. <laughs> Then, on September 18th, she's the girl who sings Fuck Me Ray Bradbury. It's Rachel Bloom.
2: Woo! Woo! She's my friend on Facebook. (laughs)
3: Yay! It's such a rare thing. On September 25th, Dirk Manning spins over 50 interconnected stories in the latest installment of Nightmare World. I'm liking it, even though it sounds like a porn film. I'm with it.
1: There you
3: go. (laughs) In October second, uh, some guy that domes never heard of called Stanton
0: Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm reading Project Blue Book right now as the uh, UFOs fly by, folks. If you've ever seen anything on the
3: History Channel involving the UFOs, you have seen Stanton, Stanton Friedman.
2: Friedman. Yes,
3: we
0: are the talk very... about his new book, Science Got It Wrong. Woo! And, uh, I've got issues with that. But anyways. I've got then
2: issues on, too.
1: Then on I'm October, meaner than you.
3: On October 9th, we, we in, um, we'll we have a visit from Scarewolf and the horror host gang from Saturday Fright Special.
2: That also sounds like
1: a porno. Yeah. <laughs> and finally,
3: on October 23rd, oh Hunter Lagore returns to the long-awaited release... ...of the Last Man Anthology. Cannot
0: wait to talk to Hunter again. Oh,
3: we're waiting to talk to you, Hunter. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoys. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. I thought it was and, Funkadelic. Oh, sorry. Whatever. And, uh. Parliament! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the average white band.
1: <laughs> and, uh. And, uh.
3: Just keep listening, folks. We may have some spooky world news coming up.
0: Our great thanks to Mike Moreci, uh for joining us to talk about Sleepless Phoenix Comics Anthology and the Kickstarter Project. Congratulations on getting your funding. We look forward to seeing it and hearing more from you in the future.
4: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was, it was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> well, we've been called a lot of things. A lot of fun usually isn't one of them.
4: From the Olsen <laughs> Riders, right we outside of Boston. The
0: no, I get that too. It's <laughs> Brianna, thank you for all that you do.
2: Oh, you're welcome. You just
0: and take me for granted, honey. Anyway. Okay. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead.
1: Kisses and hugs, everyone.
0: It may be over, but it never ends. This is the Dome saying: Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. <laughs>
4: I find it very... (laughs)